Tour. A private or civil wrong violating a right for which the law provides a remedy in the form of damages elements are duty, breach, injury, and proximate causation. Definition of quasi-delic, also known as culpa aquiliana. Article 2176, Civil Code. Whoever by act or omission causes damage to another, there being fault or negligence, is obliged to pay for the damage done. Such fault or negligence, if there is no pre-existing contractual relation between the parties, is called a quasi-delic and is governed by the provisions of this chapter. Elements of quasi-delic are act or omission committed through fault or negligence, there is damage or injury, or is caused by such act or omission, and it does not arise under a pre-existing contractual obligation. Note, jurisprudence replaces the third element by causal connection. Abuse of right elements. Article 19, Civil Code. Every person must be in the exercise of his rights and in the performance of his duties, act with justice, give everyone his due, and observe honesty and good faith. Elements are, there is legal right or duty, which is exercised in bad faith for the sole intent of prejudicing or injuring another. There is a test of abuse of rights. No hard and fast rule depends on the circumstances of its case. The exercise of a right must be in accordance with the purpose for which it was established and must not be excessive or unduly harsh. There must be no intention to injure another. Generally, the exercise of any right must be in accordance with the purpose for which it was established. It must not be excessive or unduly harsh. There must be no intention to injure another. There is abuse of right when the right is exercised by or for the only purpose of prejudicing or injuring another. The objective of the act is illegitimate and there is an absence of good faith. Effects of the application of Article 19 A right, though by itself legal because recognized or granted by law as such, may be nevertheless become the source of some illegality. Jurisprudence it precludes the defense of damnum absque injuria. Damnum absque injuria does not apply when there is an abuse of a person's right. Culpa aquiliana, culpa criminal, and culpa contractual distinguish. Culpa aquiliana. There can be a quasi-delic as long as there is fault or negligence resulting in damage or injury to another. It is broader in scope than crime. Criminal intent is not necessary for quasi-delict to exist. Fault or negligence without intent will suffice. Right violated is a private right. Quasi-delict is a wrongful act against a private individual. Every quasi-delict gives rise to liability for damages. Quantum of proof is propenderance of evidence, sanction and penalty, reparation or indemnification of the injury or damage. Nature of negligence is direct, substantive, and independent. Jurisprudence. Defense of a good father of a family. Complete and proper defense insofar as parents, guardians, employers are concerned. Presumption of negligence. No presumption of negligence. The injured party must prove the negligence uh, of the criminal intent. Nature of right violated. In culpa criminal, there can be no crime unless there is a law clearly punishing the act. While culpa contractual, Criminal intent is essential for criminal liability to exist. Right violated is a public one. Crime is a wrong against the state. Some crimes do not give rise to liability. Example, illegal possession of firearm contempt. Proof beyond reasonable doubt. Punishment is either imprisonment, fine, or both. Sometimes other accessory penalties are imposed. Negligence is merely incidental to the performance of the contractual obligation. There is pre-existing contract or obligation.
not a complete and proper defense in the selection and supervision of employees. There is presumption of negligence as long as it can be proved that there was defendant. Otherwise, the complaint of injured party will be dismissed. As to breach of contract, the defendant must prove there was no negligence in the carrying out of the terms of the contract. Jurisprudence Differences between culpa keliana and crime According to Article 1157 of the Civil Code, there are five sources of obligations Law contracts, quasi-contracts, delicts, and quasi-delicts. Quasi-delict is a separate source of uh, obligation under Article 1157. Article 100. Every person criminally liable for a felony is also civilly liable. Article 2177. Responsibility for fault or negligence under the uh, preceding article is entirely separate and distinct from the civil liability arising from negligence under the revised penal code. But the plaintiff cannot recover damages twice for the same act or omission of the defendant. Authorities support the proposition that a quasi-delic or culpa aquiliana is a separate legal institution under the civil code with substantivity all its own and individuality that is entirely apart and independent from delic or crime. Jurisprudence. Section 2, Rule 2, D1997, Rules of Civil Procedure, defines cause of action as the act or omission by which a party violates the rights of another. Such act or omission give rise to an obligation which may come from law, contracts, quasi-contracts, delicts, or quasi-delicts. Corollarily, an act or omission causing damage to another may give rise to two separate civil liabilities on the part of the offender, that is, one civil liability ex delicto and two independent civil liabilities such as those a not arising from an act or omission complained of as felony example culpa contractual or obligations arising from law the intentional torts and culpa aquiliana or b where the injured party is granted the right to file an action independent and distinct from the criminal action either of these two possible liabilities may be enforced against the offender Stated otherwise, victims of negligence or their heirs have a choice between an action to enforce the civil liability arising from culpa criminal under Article 100 of the Revised Penal Code and an action for quasi-delic or culpa aquiliana under Article 2176-2194 of the Civil Code. If, as here, the action chosen is for quasi-delic, the plaintiff may hold the employer liable for the negligent act of its employee subject to the employer's defense of exercise of the diligence of a good father of the family. On the other hand, if the action chosen is for culpa criminal, the plaintiff can hold the employer subsidiarily liable only upon proof of prior conviction of its employee. Jurisprudence Vicarious or Imputed Liability Article 2180 of the Civil Code provides that a person is not only liable for one's own quasi-delectual acts but also for those persons for whom one is responsible for. This liability is popularly known as vicarious or imputed liability. Vicarious liability is a situation in which one party is held partly responsible for the unlawful actions of a third party. The third party also carries their own share of the liability. The concept of vicarious liability is rooted in the fact that the superior party, such as an employer, has induced, facilitated, or otherwise contributed to its agent's acts. An example of vicarious liability is when an employer is held liable for the action of one of his employees. There are three elements of vicarious liability. 
the essential elements which are negligent person was employed by defendant, negligent person was acting with scope of employment or employer authorized the employees to act tortuously or employer literally filed employees tortuous act or the amount of actual damages. Under the concept of vicarious liability, one person is held responsible for the wrong committed by the other. The doctrine of vicarious liability is also known by the name of joint liability. Vicarious liability can occur under both civil and criminal law. Res ipsa locator means the thing speaks for itself. Is a legal theory wherein the facts and circumstances surrounding an injury allow the court to presume that negligence has occurred. In an ordinary negligence case, the plaintiff must prove that the defendant owed the plaintiff a duty and that his conduct failed to measure up to that duty. However, under res ipsa locator, the defendant's negligence may be presumed and does not need to be proven. The elements of res ipsa locator are 1. The defendant was in exclusive control of the situation or instrument that caused the injury. 2. The injury would not have ordinarily occurred but for the defendant's negligence and 3. The plaintiff's injury was not due to his own action or contribution. If these elements are met, the burden shifts to the defendant to show that he was not negligent. Res ipsa locator typically arises in cases where the negligent act is so obvious that there is no need for evidence of what happened. What must have happened is apparent from the surrounding circumstances. The finder of fact must be able to infer through common knowledge and experience that negligence occurred. Res ipsa locator. Literally, res ipsa locator means the thing speaks for itself. Professional Services Incorporated versus Agana. Where the thing which causes injury is shown to be under the management of the defendant or his servants and accident is, is such as in the ordinary course of things does not happen if those who have the management or control use proper care. It affords reasonable evidence in the absence of an explanation by the defendant that the accident arose from or was caused by the defendant's wants of, uh, want of care, tan versus jam transit. Where the thing which caused the injury without the fault of the injured is under the exclusive control of the defendant and the injury is such that it should not have occurred if he, having such control, used proper care, it affords reasonable evidence in the absence of explanation that the injury arose from the defendant's want of care and the burden of proof is shifted to him to establish that he has observed due care and diligence. Elements Asperamos versus CA one, the accident is of a kind which ordinarily does not occur in the absence of someone's negligence. Second, it is caused by an instrumentality within the exclusive control of the defendant or defendants. And third, the possibility of contributing conduct which would make the plaintiff responsible is eliminated. Note in Professional Services of Sagana, the court added the absence of explanation by the defendant as a support element. First element, nature of the accident. As a matter of common knowledge and experience, the very nature of certain types of occurrences may justify an inference of negligence on the part of the person who controls the instrumentality causing the injury in the absence of some explanation by the defendant who is with negligence. Second element, control over the cause. Of the three elements, the fundamental element is the control of instrumentality which caused the damage. Such element of control must be shown to be within the dominion of the defendant. General rule, the instrumentality causing the injury must be under the exclusive control of the person sought liable. Exception is control and management is sufficient. Third element, 
no contribution to the injury from the injured. It is not necessary that the plaintiff be completely inactive, but merely that there be evidence removing the inter, uh, inference of the plaintiff's own responsibility. Effect of direct evidence. Res ipsa locator can only be invoked when under the circumstances involved, direct evidence of negligence or direct cause of the injury is absent and not readily available. It has generally been held that the presumption of inference arising from the doctrine cannot be availed of or is overcome where plenty past knowledge and testifies or presents evidence as to specific act of negligence which is the cause of the injury complained of or where there is direct evidence as to the precise cause of the accident and all the facts and circumstances attendant on the occurrence clearly appear. However, notwithstanding the doctrine in Layugan, it does not mean that rest of salocator can only be invoked in the complete absence of other evidence. The rule allows the plaintiff to present enough of the attending circumstances to invoke the doctrine along with the proud of the accident or the proof of accident. Nature of the rule, res epsalocitor is in the nature of a procedural rule, a rule of evidence and not a rule of substantive law, thus it does not create or constitute an independent or separate ground of liability. It is merely a mode of proof or a mere procedural convenience. It is a rule peculiar to the law of negligence that recognizes the prima facie negligence may be established without direct proof and furnishes a substitute for specific proof of negligence and relieves a plaintiff of the burden of producing specific specific proof of negligence. Effect of the rule. Mere uh, invocation and application of the doctrine does not dispense with the requirement of proof of negligence. It is simply a step in the process of such proof, permitting the plaintiff to present along with the proof of the accident enough of the attending circumstances to invoke the doctrine, creating an interference or presumption of negligence and to thereby place on the defendant the burden of going toward the proof. Persons made responsible for others, Article 2180. The obligation imposed by Article 2176 is demandable not only for one's own acts or omissions, but also for those of persons for whom one is responsible. The responsibility treated of in this article shall cease when the person in mention prove that they observe all the diligence of a good father of a family to prevent the damage. Doctrine of Vicarious Liability, Article 2180. The obligation imposed under Article 2176 that is to pay for injury suffered is also demandable from those persons, natural or juridical, who are responsible for the person who has committed a quasi-delict, that is the direct tortfeasor. Under this liability is primary indirect or solidarily liable with a direct tortfeasor, not subsidiary. It is not conditioned upon the insolvency of or prior recourse against the direct tortfeasor. Note, Article 2180 does not provide for automatic liability. It only gives rise to presumption of negligence on the part of the persons mentioned. The presumption is rebuttable by a showing of the person's exercise of the diligence required. The rationale is to extend liability by legal fiction to those in a position to exercise absolute or limited control over the director professor. These persons become liable for their own omission to comply with their duty to exercise supervision over the persons for whom they are responsible. When not applicable, when moral culpability can be directly imputed to the director fisor as when there is actual intent to cause harm to others. Who are persons vicariously liable? Parents for damages caused by minor children who live in their company guardians, minors or incapacitated children who are under their authority and live in their company. 
owners and managers of an establishment or enterprise, employees in the service of the branches in which the latter are employed or on the occasion of their functions. Also, by employers, when their employees and household helpers acting within the scope of their assigned task, even though the former are not engaged in any business or industry, for the state, uh, for the damage caused by its special agents, and for teachers of heads of establishments of arts and trade, for their pupils and students or apprentices, so long as they remain in their custody. Last clear chance. The test is also known as the Doctrine of Discovered Peril or Doctrine of Supervening Negligence or Humanitarian Doctrine. The antecedent negligence of the plaintiff does not preclude him from recovering damages caused by the supervening negligence of the defendant, who had the last fair chance to prevent the impending harm by the exercise of due diligence, PNR versus Branti, where both parties are negligent, but the negligent act of one is appreciably later in time that the one of uh, that of the other or when it is impossible to determine whose fault or negligence should be attributed to the incident, the one who had the last clear opportunity to avoid the impending harm and fail to do so is chargeable with the consequences, Philippine Bank of Commerce versus CA. It is necessary to show that the person who allegedly had the last opportunity to avert the accident was aware of the existence of the peril or should will exercise of due care have been aware of it, Patranco versus Besa. When not applicable, where the proximate cause of the injury has been established in case of culpa contractual where neither the contributory negligence of the plaintiff nor his last clear chance to avoid uh, the loss would uh, exonerate the defendant from liability such contributory negligence or last clear chance by the plaintiff merely serves to reduce the recovery of damages by the plaintiff but does not exculpate the defendant from his breach of contract. When the party charged is required to act instantaneously, and if the injury cannot be avoided by the application of all means at hand after peril is or should have been discovered, the doctrine of last Christians, as enunciated in Anuran versus Buno, applies in a suit between the owners and drivers of colliding vehicles. It does not arise whereas a passenger demands responsibility from the carrier to enforce its contractual obligations. It will be inequitable to exempt the negligent driver of the Japanese and its owners on the ground that the other driver was likewise guilty of negligence. Bustamante versus Note, if plaintiff is the proximate cause, no recovery can be made. If plaintiff is not proximate cause, recovery can be made, but such will be mitigated. If negligence of parties is equal in degree, then it bears its own loss. Last clear chance doctrine. The doctrine of last clear chance provides that where both parties are negligent but the negligent act of one is appreciably later in point of time than that of the other or where it is impossible to determine whose fault or negligence brought about the occurrence of the incident, the one who had the last clear opportunity to avoid the impending harm but failed to do so is chargeable with the consequence arising therefrom. Stated differently, the rule is that the antecedent negligence of a person does not preclude recovery of damages caused by the supervening negligence of the latter who had the last fair chance to prevent the impending harm by the exercise of due diligence. In one case, the Supreme Court found the doctrine of last clear chance inapplicable. In the case of PNR versus Piscara, the proximate cause of the pollution was the petitioner's negligence and ensuring that motorists and pedestrians alike may safely cross the railroad track. The unsuspecting driver and passengers of the jeep did not have any participation in the occurrence of the unfortunate incident which befell them. Likewise, they did not exhibit any covert act 
manifesting disregard of their own safety. Thus, I've said preceding negligence on the part of the respondents, the doctrine of last Christians cannot be applied. Legal Injury In order that the law will give redress for an act causing damage, that act must be not only hurtful but wrongful. The damage must be damnum et injuria or legal injury. To warrant the recovery of damages, there must be right of action for a legal wrong inflicted by the defendant and the damage resulting to the plaintiffs therefrom. Injury versus damage versus damages. Injury, the illegal invasion of legal right that is legal injury. The damage is the loss, hurt, or harm which results from the injury. And the damages, the compensation awarded for the damage suffered. If a person sustains actual damages, harm or loss to the person or property that is not considered by law as an injury, that is legal injury. Such damage is uh, regarded as damnum absqui injuria. The proper exercise of a lawful right cannot constitute a legal wrong for which an action will die, although the act may result in damage to another or no legal right has been invaded. There can be damage without injury in those instances in which the loss or harm was not the result of a violation of a legal duty. In such cases, the consequences must be borne by the injured person alone. Damnum absque injuria Damnum absque injuria literally means damage without injury, meaning the loss or harm is not a result of a violation of a duty and is therefore not compensable. It is emphasized that in order that the law will give redress of an act causing damage, the act must be not only hurtful but wrongful. There must be damnum et injuria. If, as may happen in many cases, a person sustains actual damage, that is, harm or loss to his person or property without sustaining any legal injury, that is, an act or omission which the law does not deem an injury, the damage is regarded as damnum absque injuria. Custodio de Albersus C.A. In a case of Spouses Carbonell versus uh, Metropolitan Bank and Trust Company, the court referred to injury as the illegal invasion of a legal right and damage as the loss, hurt or harm which results from the injury, while the damages are the recompense or compensation awarded for the damage suffered. Thus, there can be damage without injury in those instances in which the loss or harm was not the result of a violation of a legal duty. The court thus concluded that in every situation of damnum asque injuria, therefore, the injured person alone bears the consequence because the law affords no remedy for damages resulting from an act that does not amount to legal injury or wrong.